Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hot Mess Podcast. I'm just going to keep going. I can't stop laughing because I am with a really good friend of mine, Kira. Hello, everyone. So today is a surprise for everyone, including us, because we only decided to do this last night. Yeah. Kira is a very dear friend of mine, and she's probably got some of the most interesting dating stories. Hell yeah, I do. Of anyone I've ever met. So we're deep diving into them today. So we're talking about dating prisoners today. Because, I mean, I don't have any experience of dating prisoners. I would have discussed that sooner if I had. But you do. I do. Like people, not people who've been released from prison and then you're dating them. Like dating in prison. So (laughs) you've read the title. You kind of have assumed what's going on here. So... How did you first get into... No, that's not even a good place to start. How did you get into contact with prisoners? How does that happen? So, my ex-boyfriend, he was following this Instagram page that is dedicated to, like, information about people in jail and things like that. And he was so excited one day that his cousin was posted on there... So he showed me the page and he said to me, you better not fucking talk to a prisoner. And I was like, no, babe, I won't. And then we broke up. So So you did. Yeah. So then I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to write to an inmate. So I did. And so you just found the information page of how you can contact inmates and you just picked one out of random or like. No, so, okay, the way it works is you that go you... Into, you go into, like, a tally and like, who, gets to, who gets to write to the prisoner today? What is it? Like, how do you go about it? So, pretty much, you inbox the Facebook page. They do, like, an ID check. Uh, sorry, not Facebook page. Instagram page. Uh, they do an ID check. So, you have to, like, send your ID through to them to make sure they're over 18. You know, got to be legal. And um, pretty much, you tell them what you're into. Oh, God. So... Me being me, have like a thing for Islanders, you know, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, and yeah, so that's what I asked for. And I, I think my age range was like 20 to 30 or something. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I gave them. And they gave me, yeah, a bunch of inmates details. They, they do tell you that, you know, you may hear back from them, you may not. So I just kind of went for it. And the first person I ever wrote to replied to me like probably a week and a half later and it all started there so it's pretty much like tinder for prisoners it's it, is it treated like matchmaking sort of yeah because so you random. i did not know this part of it so yeah I'm like, what? yeah so you pretty much tell them what you're interested in <laughs> oh my god but like you don't do it for like dating purposes you and the prisoners it... know this is going on they're aware okay but usually the reason that the details are given out is because the family members of the inmate want them to them to f- not necessarily to find someone just to talk to someone right yeah so it's it's genuinely not all about dating and stuff like that it's more to find these people someone to talk to and then for some people obviously it goes in a different direction mm. for some people if they stay friends and some people get no replies at all so that's really interesting and also on top of that i feel like there is the stigma of what it would be like to talk to somebody who is in prison and to associate yourself with somebody who is in prison for whatever reason as well. And so I find it interesting, like the mentality of kind of, it's breaking the stigma of talking to a prisoner as well. Because I think of, when I think of talking to prisoners before I met you, I was thinking about all the fangirls who would write to Ted Bundy because they thought he was hot. Literally. Do you think that's a huge thing still? I would say definitely. Um, And that's something that I feel like it needs to like, we need to get away from Mm. like as a whole, because it's not really like that. Like in this situation, you're literally just talking to like, for me, it's literally just people from Australia who have done something wrong, whether, you know, they wanted to do it or not, um, have done something wrong and now they're inside and they're just regular people Mm. so it's like in this situation it's a bit different so I feel like it's good that there's the opportunity for people to 
talk to people like this rather than people like Ted Bundy. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think now that I know you as well and I know the reasoning behind you wanting to write to them, aside from getting back at your ex-boyfriend, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is such, like, this comes from such a place of compassion and being like, I can tell that you're lonely and you need somebody to genuinely talk to and just like that's have somebody to listen you know I feel like it started off at me being like I'm gonna get back at my ex-boyfriend you know write to someone but then like after I wrote to the first person and they said that they were really grateful for receiving a letter just from someone it didn't matter who it was I feel like my perception on it changed a lot and like that's why I wrote to more and more people just because I wanted to be that person that someone could talk to regardless of the situation they were in because I like having someone to talk to about things like and I feel like I didn't have that either so we kind of just used each other as like a support person sort of thing that's really sweet because also I don't really know what it's like to be within the system so I don't understand like what kind of care they receive and stuff like that like if they are able to see counselors and stuff like that as well so even if they weren't able to receive like a clinical care for their mental well-being and stuff like being able to talk to somebody like being like hey like or, or even just talking about like normal things and they feel like they can't talk to family members or something like that yeah and just mm-hmm. be like i love this song or i love this book and just having very normal conversations with somebody it would be so important definitely and mm-hmm. i feel like it gives them like an opportunity to talk to someone yeah who's not their family about like just because I feel like when you know they're talking to their family they're catching up on like you know what's going on with the family in the outside world and stuff like that and it's just giving them someone to talk to where they don't necessarily have to hear about everything that's going on in the outside like you can literally just talk about what each other are doing at home that day or something like that like you know so it gives them a different kind of like not different person to talk to but like just a different conversation to have yeah it's not like the regular ongoing like boring mundane kind of conversation it's like getting to know somebody new yeah yeah oh that's really sweet i hadn't thought i hadn't thought about it in that way yeah so also when it comes to talking to prisoners and stuff obviously there would be the curiosity of what they're in for yep do do you go out of your way to ask that question or do you wait until they're wanting to open up about it if they do choose to? Um, it depends. I'm not going to lie. I've Googled some of them <laughs> and then I found the answer straight away. But regardless of whether I would Google them or not, I, I don't start off the first letter with being like, what are you in for? <laughs> like, you know, because then they just wouldn't fucking reply. Yeah. Like, but... It's like I more so would start off by being like, how long have you been in there? Like, how long do you have left? What are you looking forward to on the outside? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then when they get a bit more comfortable, it's like, you know, so what are you in for? Like, and like, you don't necessarily have to ask it in that way. Like, I I can't think of an example off the top of my head of like what other way you can ask it in right now. But it's like, you know, you kind of just bring it up in casual conversation, I guess, and not like put pressure on the situation for Mm. them to answer it. Um, and if they want to tell you, they'll tell you. If they don't, they won't. And if they want to lie about it, they will lie about it. Yeah, So, sure. yeah, you can you, – If you, at, like, at the end of the day, you can never 100% trust what, what they're saying to you. Um, but obviously, for me, like, I just had good faith, I guess, that people were being honest with me. So, yeah. So the people who you were talking to, did you find that they were all coming from, like – the same prison or was it multiple different prisoners because i well for those who don't know kira like i do i know it's not just one person who she's had conversations with you've had how many pen pals do you think you had over the years at least 50 see that's why see i just couldn't keep up and be like oh that's this person and this is their story i literally have a box with like i reckon at least 400 letters in it that's inc- like, like that's crazy dedication as well. Yeah. And like uh, what a good friend you are <laughs> to actually respond to all of these. Like I can't even imagine being like a celebrity and replying to fan mail with like a signed photo. Meanwhile, you're here go- doing deep like in-depth conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so um I started off by writing to people not in my state. By the way, I do use a PO box to get my mail yeah, sent to you your actual address yeah. yeah um but i yeah i started off writing to people in sydney 
And then I started writing to people who live in Victoria. Oh, in prison in Victoria. I guess you could say they live there. Um, And, yeah, so I guess in the beginning I wasn't as comfortable. I did use a fake name as well. Um, But then as I grew more comfortable with it and, like, started telling people my name and things like that, um, I was more comfortable with writing to people who lived in the same state as me. But, yeah, I've done Victoria, New South Wales, one in Brisbane, one in Perth, and a couple in New Zealand. So That's really interesting. And mm. have, like, the people from the same states, like, have they tend to come from the same prisons? Or do they know that you're writing to both of them, for instance? Or? It, it didn't start off like that. Oh, God. <laughs> but okay. it kind of ended up like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, every now and then I still get a random letter to my PO box from an, an inmate I don't know. And they've been given my details, like, from another inmate. So, like, I get people that way who know each other. But I also have written to, like, you know, two different people in two different prisons. And they end up in the same prison, in the same pod, in the same room. Whoa. And then it's like, you know. <laughs> I'm writing to Kira today. Yeah. Oh, and, so am I. <laughs> and then they've both got the same photo of me. It's like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you find that, like, weird at all? Or are you kind of flattered by the fact that, like, maybe somebody has said this person is really good to talk to you if you feel like you need to talk to someone? I reckon it's flattering. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that some of them just want to write to me because they think I'm attractive, which, you know, like. Own it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they've told me, like, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it, I do think it's flattering in the way that, yeah, I have had a few people write to me, like, through their friends because they have been told that, you know, I'm someone good to talk to, a good support system and things like that. So, it's definitely a nice feeling. Makes me feel like I am a good person. And maybe you're like actually listening better than some others, maybe as well. And oh yeah. Yeah, and hearing what they need to hear, and actually maybe responding mm. in a way that they need to be responded to as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. So backtracking a little bit to dating an inmate. Well, not but not there yet. Not there, not there yet. yet. <laughs> but in terms of the people you've written to. What kind am I able to ask what kind of crimes have they been done for? Like how high like what's the you know, what's the scale here? Are we talking really intense crimes or are we talking like a little bit of money laundering? <laughs> like me being like, that's not that bad. Money laundering, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so the like least bad crime would probably be like street fighting which mm-hmm. there's been quite a few who have done that um and then like a step up from that is like you know like gang brawls and stuff like that with like more people involved and you know a bit more of a target on certain people the worst would definitely be someone who has killed someone wow um but yeah i've, I've talked to two people who went in for murder but one of them has been charged with murder and then the other one has now been charged with a fray so still got charged for the crime but he didn't commit the murder so yeah but he was like witness to the murder yeah he was he was definitely there when it happened he admits that but um but yeah so it's definitely a bit of a range there like i've had people you know in for robbery and things like that like yeah all different i guess it's really interesting and so like you have googled some of the people and you've Oh yeah, read up on the crimes and stuff like that and that hasn't created a sort of I guess a preconceived idea in your mind of what they're going to be like you're still willing to communicate with them I think in terms of like the lower grade crimes I think regardless if I've googled them and like read what they've done I feel like I go into every situation of meeting a new person with an open mind and like I obviously like you know I would be terrified if someone robbed my house Mm. don't get me wrong but it's like I always wonder like what state of mind someone would be in you know for them to do that like they could be trying to feed their family or like something like that it doesn't excuse the crime but like when I go into a new conversation with someone like that for instance that I, I you know I've never spoken to before and things like that and that's what I'm I find out or what I'm told by them I try not to just immediately think like you're a bad person you know you fucked up blah 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 but more so as yeah like you made a mistake trying to do 
like you thought you were doing the right thing to like you know help a certain situation but like it was the wrong thing to do like and that's obviously not the case for every everyone like some people just just robbed people you know because i thought it was fun but yeah i try and go into like talking to a new inmate with an open mind every time because i feel like if you go like into it with a closed off mind like what the fuck are you writing to inmates for yeah for sure like it's kind of you're going in with the wrong intentions as well if that's the case yeah do you find that once they do open up about the crime that they've committed that they do tend to be remorseful yeah i honestly i don't think i've met any of them who to me anyway haven't appeared to be remorseful okay like especially the one who you committed the murder like he's probably the most remorseful one that i've written to um but yeah i don't think i've written to anyone who's been like you know i'm proud of having gun charges or i'm proud of robbing a house or like you know i'm glad i did that i wouldn't change it for anything blah 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 like Mm. so i feel like a lot of them are very apologetic for what they've done it doesn't always come across that way to the general public though but i feel like you know and obviously again you can't believe everything that they say to you but i feel like you know when you get on a more personal level with them you have a bit more of an understanding of who they are and like you can kind of sense if they actually are remorseful or not and mm-hmm. i feel like i have been able to like sense that with most of the people i've talked to but yeah like i don't think i've written or spoken to anyone who has been like really proud of their crimes yeah that's interesting because i i mean you can't imagine people being proud of their crimes to begin with but it really depends on circumstance i guess and i guess like again as somebody who hasn't written to a prisoner you don't really understand the state of mind that somebody would be in whereas i'd like i think society in general tends to look at prison inmates and forget that they are still normal people who had a life who have a family who have friends and have some done something that has landed them in a certain situation or sometimes even so like i will admit like i do believe that the justice system does fail people and also people of different cultural backgrounds as well it really does fail them too so it'd be interesting to also look at it in that sense of like what has led you to this point yeah exactly like how have you ended up in this situation because nobody wants to go to prison oh no way Mm. and then you also hear about the people who leave prison and then are no longer able to fit into society so then commit a crime so that they can go back have you experienced that as well i have they went i actually don't know what the what crime it was that they went back in for it was a short amount of time usually from what I've noticed, a lot of them, not, not a lot of them, some of them, um, you know, struggle with finding a job and things like that because, yeah, the justice system doesn't help people once they get out. So it's like they resort to selling drugs or things like that. And usually it's just something as small as that, which so many people do in our day and age. Yeah. You know. Um, we can say it's a small thing because these days it is incredibly common. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so usually for most most people, like – especially in Australia, you know, they won't be able to find a job and things like that. So they just go back in on like a small drug charge or, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, the system definitely fails people. I mean, literally, what was it? Two or three days ago. I don't know if you saw, but like two men got released from prison in America for a murder they didn't commit. And and actually, a podcast, funnily enough, was the reason that their sentences got exonerated. No, there's a few that, like, I mean, yeah. even Kim Kardashian and her work. Thanks, Kimmy. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Kimmy. You know, like, and she's even creating podcasts at the moment as well, where she t- discusses people who have been wrongly accused and incarcerated yeah. for crimes that they either did not commit or, like, were i don't know like even like wrongly charged like they may have had somewhat of a relationship to the crime however their involvement is not as bad as it may appear yeah definitely and then you also have like the case of like people what's it i'm like not not blackmailed what am i thinking like who've been framed for certain oh yeah that happens all the time as well Mm. like 
you know how they talk about um don't snitch yeah (laughs) like unfortunately you know that stuff happens a lot but it's in a way that yeah the information that's being given isn't always the truth and people go to prison for the the wrong reasons because yeah they're being framed for something that they had nothing to do with or you know it wasn't on such a extreme level like people exaggerate things in statements and things like that so unfortunately yeah a lot of people end up inside when they shouldn't be or they shouldn't be serving as long as they are yeah and for some people it can even be a case of like being in the wrong place oh yeah at the wrong time 100 percent. like i mean you can also say that about the people who the crimes may be against as well of course so like for instance like with somebody who has been incarcerated for street fighting Mm -hmm. you were saying to me earlier that it has been over like postcode yeah postcode like, gang wars yeah literally the stupidest and smallest thing but people you know some in certain areas like you know are really proud of where they come from and they think that you know one like the another place where they're not from is n- not as good as where they are from and you know it, people make it such a big deal and they yeah get into the stupidest fights from stuff like that and that it lands them in prison. And it changes your life forever once that's the case as well. It does. And we were also saying, we caught the train home together. It was very cute. <laughs> but we were saying, isn't it interesting that, like, we have these conversations about prisoners and what their lives may look like. And then we're looking, we're sitting on the train looking around and it's like, any any single one of these people on this train could either commit a crime and land in prison or also have once been a prisoner and they just walk among us and we walk amongst them it could even happen to us one day god forbid knock on wood (laughs) but you just never know what situation you could end up in where you are in that situation so it's like really interesting to try and break the stigma of what it is to be somebody who has been incarcerated yeah and i think another thing is like so many people freak out or make like bad judgment or like you know bad comments about people they see walking the streets with like an ankle monitor on but like shouldn't it be a great thing that you know people have served their time and gotten to a point where they're actually allowed to be introduced into society again like why do we look at people who are in that situation and have an ankle monitor on or something like that like they're such a bad person like if they were such a bad person they would still be in there yeah you know yeah so I feel like there's a big stigma around that too and I feel like you know, it's something that people just need to look at in a more positive light rather than the negative one that everyone does, you know, look at it in. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's also really sad to think about how many people would see that and immediately be terrified as well. Yeah. Of, But I guess it's also hard not to because you're like, what has, the, of course, like you start questioning what's landed you in this position and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, there's... I, I don't know if you saw, there was this video, I can't remember which company created it. It was one of those American ones where they line people up and they make somebody guess, like, who was the, who, um, who committed what crime yeah. or, like, what how long their sentence was, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it was super interesting to me. It was something like 10 people in a room, nine of them were male presenting and one was female. And the woman had spent the most time in prison and none of them had suspected it because she had had a child during that time and she didn't appear to look like somebody quote-unquote who had been in prison yeah you know um to put it into perspective she was a white woman very petite um didn't have any tattoos showing yeah which is a super huge stereotype yeah i can't remember what it was she had been in prison for but then the next the man on like the other side of her was a white man and none of them thought that he had committed a huge crime when really it was something like um he was probably a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) wasn't the case (laughs) but no genuinely like maybe that's the thing you can't assume like based on what somebody looks like Mm -hmm. because yeah and then they had the men who were either mixed race or black or latino like they were the ones who they had assumed had committed the, the most intense crime and did the most time for it when really 
they hadn't really done anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I say they hadn't done anything wrong. Obviously, they had committed a crime and they had admitted guilt. However, their crime wasn't murder yeah. or like what they were labeled like, to be. Yeah, what they were labeled to be yeah. just based off appearance, which yeah. I think is very interesting. Isn't that so wrong yeah and like you also think about with there only being one woman in the room and she had spent the most time out of everyone she'd i think she'd entered the system as a teenager yeah juvenile detention juvenile detention (laughs) and she was pregnant in jail and gave birth in jail and um you think about the comparison of men's and women's prisons and what goes on and how they're treated like it would be very different as well a lot of people say that women's prison is more intense than men's prisons i've heard that and so of course like that again is maybe a stereotype but when you also consider the fact that like there are so many women who do give birth in prison and there is also that kind of involvement of like sexuality and stuff like that i can't imagine having to deal with that 100 percent in a space like that yeah it's crazy it is well crazy is not even a good word for it you know but it's just like you you can't can't, describe it imagine being put in that kind of vulnerable state yeah so (laughs) you dated a prisoner i did how did this happen so this one i actually found on like a, a australian inmate pen pal facebook page and his, they put his photo up and like told me where he was located and things like that and he was in Victoria and I was like oh I'm gonna try and write to this person you know this is when I was more comfortable with writing and like giving out my name and stuff like that so you'd had multiple pen pals prior to this already yeah okay. um and you know and I was like they're in Victoria it means like fast mail you know no snail, snail mail <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so pretty much I was like I inbox them and I was like yeah I'll write to them like what's their details got their details and then I sent my first letter off um and this person actually did ask me if I was comfortable to put my phone number in the letter so the inmate could call me and I was I don't know what why but I was like fuck it sure <laughs> let's do it immediate just like comfort you were like this could yeah be I was like this could be really cool so I did it and then yeah about a week later I got a phone call from him and I still remember the day that he called me for the first time and yeah I don't know we just spoke every day after that wow. yeah and wrote to each other all the time but funnily enough um after I sent my first letter he didn't receive any of my other letters for about 11 months after that so if I never like sorry if he never received that first letter we would have never have met each other. And I don't know why he received that first one, but he did. That's just out of pure ten- It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. Like, I feel like I needed to have this experience with this person. Mm. And like, yeah. So, yeah. You we mind s- me asking why he didn't receive any of the others? Um, well, we're not 100% sure, but okay. he was in segregation for the last 14 months. 14? No, 16 months of his sentence is that like solitary yeah oh my god for that many months that many months he wasn't allowed in-person visits um but that's because he there was an incident that he got really angry in a visitation room one time okay and so and things just escalated things escalated a little bit um and yeah so they took visitation away from him as well um so it was literally just 23 hours inside a box and one hour outside every single day with no visits only phone calls and letters you cannot imagine yeah like surely that would drive somebody mentally insane yeah and people wonder like why prisoners like i mean i guess in that sense if you're in solitary why they do go a little bit stir crazy stir crazy is like what do you think like they're not even allowed fresh air and like sunshine yeah or to interact with others yeah it would happen to anyone that's like the day he got out i was facetiming him and he told me that he saw the moon for the first time in five years oh my gosh yeah that's yeah yeah wow was he the first 
prisoner you met in person like did you had you previously visited people in prison or was that the first person so we never actually met oh (laughs) yeah so this entire relationship with him was based through letters and phone calls and video visits that we did every week but it was in like 100 exclusive you were boyfriend girlfriend you weren't seeing other people because you were able to if you could yeah so for me like yeah exclusive on my end um it wasn't like a relationship that i kind of shouted out to the world like every now and then i posted like a video of our uh video call on my instagram story or something like that but it wasn't something that i knew would be received well by a lot of people so i it's not that i kept it a secret like all the close people around me knew about it and if people asked me if i was dating someone i would tell them the situation i was in but yeah it's not something that i like shouted to the world um because of all the stigmas yeah yeah and like for him and i know for a fact that he was not talking to anyone else he's the only he was in prison (laughs) but he's the only inmate that i believe that i could trust 100 percent with the fact that they weren't talking to someone else yeah because at the same time every single day which was his hour outside he would call me at the same time every single day i made sure my lunch breaks at work like lined up with his hour outside every day and um he would talk to me the entire time so you know, the only other person he called was his mum. And again, I know that it was exclusive on his end too because I like knew his mum very well in the end. So like, th- like we knew each other's families kind of thing. But yeah, so it was a bit more than just like a pen pal relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find, I mean, I guess these days we have dating apps where we text each other. <laughs> and if that goes well, it eventuates it depends on the person but it may eventuate into going out on a date if that's what the person is into yeah interested in (laughs) if they're on the app for that reason do you find though that dating people via literally like snail mail created a deeper connection because that's such an old-fashioned thing to do and it was like how people would fall in love and like way back when um when they weren't able to have any other form of communication and it was kind of like based off like every like each other's like deepest thoughts definitely um that was actually one thing that i was like when we ended things that was one thing that i was worried i would never find again because when you're in the situation when all you can do is write through letters or talk on the phone like the only thing you can do is form an emotional connection like you can't you know the the physical sexual side of things is out of it so you have no choice like not that you have no choice but like you know it means that you do have the opportunity to form a proper emotional connection with a lot of relationships actually don't get that chance anymore no you know because everything not everything but like i feel like so many relationships like when people meet each other it's expected to like sleep with each other on the first night or like, you know, something like that. Mm. And that's how a lot of relationships start, which don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against it. But I do think that having the opportunity to create like a deeper and a more emotional connection definitely makes you feel a different way about someone compared to dating in the real world. Yeah, for sure. It feels a bit like, okay, this is a really bad comparison. (laughs) And people who are listening are going to be like, is this chick for real right now? Because in my mind, I'm watching Love Island. (laughs) Same. (laughs) So I'm thinking everyone on that show is like, oh, dating in this is like dating sped up because you have to have deep conversations from the get-go because you're spending so much time with them. This is kind of like the same, same, but different because you're having the deep conversations via mail yeah. rather than in person. And you don't have things from the outside world bringing, being brought into it because it's not like you're hanging out with other friends together or you're, yeah. not, hanging, you're not meeting each other's families in person together and yes. that kind of stuff. So would you say that it was kind of like dating sped up and like how quickly you get to know each other and or would you say that like they tend to come off very reserved still 
I feel like they do come off reserved in the beginning just because, you know, a lot of people do, you know, judge inmates straight away thinking about someone being in prison, they're a bad person, you know. So, like, I feel like in the beginning they're definitely reserved, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's, like, sped up, but I would say that it's just, like, you have to find different ways of getting to know each other Mm. kind of thing. And it's, like... No, it, to be honest, it's probably more slowed down, I reckon. Oh, okay. Because, like, you, you know, like, someone will tell you about their family, for instance, and then you have to write back and you tell them about your family and then, like, you ask them a question and it's like, you don't you get an answer. However long. Yeah, yeah, you don't get an answer straight away. So I feel like the anticipation of receiving the next letter and, like, learning about some, like something new about this person like, I almost feel like it's more of a slowed down situation. Unless, obviously, you're talking on the phone, which I was with this person. Um, but, yeah, like, we never stopped writing letters and asking each other questions through our letters. So, like, there was always that waiting period. Wow. It, yeah. It seems kind of like... Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It does seem like if you're the type of person who really loves the chase, mm-hmm. would you say like dating an inmate is very much that kind of scenario where it's like the waiting and the anticipation of what's going to come next what's going to be said next like what the vibe is because you don't find out immediately and you don't know what they're thinking and you have to wait and you're just constantly like are they going to say something do you feel like it's like that kind of scenario like a bit of a chase you know what I've never thought of it like that like really? I've never thought of it like that. Like, as you were speaking, I was like, it feels like it's like, oh, what's coming next, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- you're actually probably right, to be honest. Like, I never thought of it like that, but you're <laughs> probably right. Like, I mean, it's definitely obviously a different kind of like chase to the in-person yeah. chase. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, with writing letters, it's like, how forward can... I mean, sorry, like, this could get a like, nitty-gritty, but it's like, how do you how do you know if they're really interested? Because I, fi- I struggle via text to be like, oh my god, does he actually like me? He sent me this emoji. Are they just forward and saying, I really like you? Because do, do you have to be? Like, I don't understand it, to be honest. I feel like you do have to be if you're in their situation... I mean, the first time, oh, sorry, the second time I ever video called with this person and like they full waited to ask me this question, but like, and they told me they wanted to answer on, uh, ask me on the phone, but they full waited to ask me on the video chat, but they asked me if I would marry them when they got out the second time we ever had a video call, probably <laughs> a month after we started talking, but I get it. Like, I kind of get why he did it. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, up until we ended things, I thought that's how my life was going to be. because you I thought ju- you were going to marry him? I did. Wow. I was going to move to another country for him. Wow. Yeah, because he – so he was in prison in Victoria but got deported back to New Zealand. Okay, yeah. So I – But you were going to move to New Zealand for him? I was, and the only reason wow. I didn't go and we ended is because COVID – Oh, wow. Yeah, so if COVID didn't happen and I was able to be in New Zealand the day that he got back, things would be very, very different in my life, I believe. Would you say that's for, like, would are you happy with where you are now with that? Have you come to terms with that kind of situation? Because, like, that's, like, intense. That's not just, like, oh, we were dating and I was really, like, we broke up. Like, it was, like, he wanted to marry you and you were ready to, like, move. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very happy with where my life is now. And I don't regret us ending things. And, you know, I'm very, yeah, I'm very happy. Um, But it's, you know, obviously every now and then your mind kind of flicks over and just wonders if things, you know, what would have happened if things were different. But at the same time... I also think, like, it's a blessing in disguise almost that it didn't play out the way it did. But, like, I'm not even going to lie. 
we were so in love with each other. Yeah. It's not even funny. Like, like it's like any relationship. The yeah. only difference is that you never actually met each other. Met each other, which yeah. is also wild. Yeah. You could actually write a book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did actually see each other one time in person when he was still in Victoria. Mm. He was in the detention center and I drove there during COVID and we met not even met because it was 10 feet away he was 10 feet away from me you couldn't even touch hands couldn't touch hands but i like saw him for the first time through a 10 meter high barbed wire fence wow yeah and he was 10 feet away from me like in distance because there was another fence before him oh my god so yeah it's like we did see each other in person that one time but that was it yeah and like it wasn't like having the actual connection of being with someone yeah Yeah, it's like we saw each other we did almost got arrested for doing that oh my god (laughs) and then you would have ended up in prison too exactly then you'd be writing between prisons (laughs) is that even possible can prisoners write to other prisons they can wow yeah so in in women's prisons i don't know if it's the same in men's prisons but in women's prisons there's like a board it's like a pin board that's like has photos oh God, of male apps between is it really yeah yeah like male prisoners and their details and uh I, I mean i doubt it has what they're in for but like you know it's got their photo and their identification number and yeah the women can write to them if they want to that actually I, makes a lot of sense though yeah because when you think about it and you also think about the fact that like some prisoners feel like they struggle to re-enter society i can't imagine what dating in society is like once they leave prison and stuff and so you kind of understand why they would do that so prisoners can meet other prisoners i mean like you're not wrong but every inmate i know that's gotten out have ended up in a relationship within a month of being out (laughs) good for them so i think you know i don't mean i don't know why they do it like that i don't know if they're just looking for someone to have fun with after the sentence probably is it probably is because like especially after having like no emotional connection to a woman for such a long time i feel like you know when someone shows them that in a way that they like receive well Mm. i feel like they really like jump straight in i mean it's funny it's one thing i've really noticed is that all the inmates i know who have gotten out have all ended up in relationships within a month of getting out slay <laughs> i always wonder if they're making a bad choice but <laughs> you're like is this the right thing to do maybe you need some time for yourself literally maybe work on yourself for a little while one, in like the real world one of my friends got out back in september and he told me that he got into a relationship i think it was like halfway through october maybe and I was like, are you sure you're making the right choice? Like, are you sure you should be dating someone right now? Like, I was full yeah. grilling him being like, why do they do that? And it's why not do even they jump from like into a place of jealousy. It's not like you want to be the person in the relationship with them. Like, I think... I think formed, I care about them yeah, too much. Yeah, you such a deep connection that you're just like, are you okay? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I'm like, what exactly... Like, what are you looking for for you to need to feel like you need to jump into something so quickly i think that's why i worry about them do you feel like you've created a lot of like sisterly kind of bonds with them as well in that sense where you're like i do want to make sure that you're okay 100 percent. like there's so many that i have you know on instagram and things now that like we still check in with each other all the time and they're some of the closest people in my life you know so it's like even like you know if i'm having a bad day or something like that and i need someone to talk to I still talk to them. So it's like, I do feel like I've created that kind of like relationship with them that Mm. we almost still rely on each other after all this time. And there would probably be stuff that they've said to you. That's Kira's dog, Salma, in the background. Salma, say hi to the podcast. (laughs) It's actually going to be ASMR. But do you think that you have formed connections with people? In a way where it's like they they can talk to you about certain things that they can't talk to anyone else about now. Yeah, I do think so. Especially just like mental health. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them have like opened up to me about mental health and things that they're going through inside. And it's something that like they would never talk to their families about. Like, you know, unfortunately a lot of inmates at some point during their sentence have 
resorted to drugs and things like that and like is that possible in the sentence oh hell yeah hell yeah it's very easy to get drugs in prison i did not know that yeah so i feel like a lot of them who have like you know been in such a bad state that they've resorted to drugs and like not just like weed or anything just like heroin and stuff like that in prison yeah yeah so um i feel like yeah those kind of things you know it's not something that they necessarily talk to like their close friends on the outside or their family about but someone that they they know well enough now but like is not like an immediate person in their life i feel like now that like they feel comfortable talking to me about those things but not necessarily yet other people that's really interesting yeah how how do you break off a relationship with With an inmate if you think things are getting too intense have you had to do that too intense like they're overbearing or they're trying to date me both (laughs) i mean don't do the two go hand in hand like i don't know i mean i feel like some people have definitely probably relied on me too much when getting out like I'd wake up at all hours of the night because I get random phone calls or FaceTimes on my phone from people and they just want someone to talk to and like don't get me wrong like I try and be there as much as I can but when sometimes when it starts affecting your own life it's something that you do have to like shut down I guess Mm. um or if they have gotten out and they make bad choices again and I call them out on their bullshit and they have a problem with it I've, I've cut a few people off for that reason too. Yeah. Because, like, you didn't just go through everything you did and I didn't go through... The emotional you know, side. Emotional side of, like, trying to be supportive person to you just for you to do something stupid again. So, hell yeah, I've called people out on their bullshit for, like, things that they've willingly done again and they have a problem with it. And, yeah, unfortunately, our friendships have ended... There's been two of those situations. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. But then people who try and date me, I kind of just... I mean, I'm in a relationship now. I'm very happy. So that's one thing. Not with an inmate. Not with an inmate. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's like I feel like it's just one of those kind of hard conversations that you need to have. Because sometimes they do get out and think you know what if there's a chance now and right yeah and it's like you know and it's i think it is because of that emotional connection you form with them yeah um and it's just kind of one of those things that you have to like really just be honest yeah and really understand your own boundaries yeah and say you know you're not interested or you're seeing someone else or dating someone else kind of thing so it's just one of those conversations that you have to have I think mm, for sure mm. did you know your own personal boundaries before going into it or do you think it was something you had to figure out along the way? It's definitely something I had to figure out along the way. Because when I first started writing, I didn't know what I was going to tell them about from my own life. Like, you know, it's like, do you tell them you have siblings? Do you tell them you have animals? Do you tell them where you work? Like, things like that. So I feel like I definitely had to go through the process for at least a good month in the beginning to try and figure out what exactly i wanted to open up about yeah for sure yeah and how much you kept quiet and kept to yourself as well yeah i mean like you know i would typically tell them what i did for a job and things like that but never really where Mm. a lot of them knew the rough area of where i lived but like never where i would never give out my address you know um but yeah so it's kind of like you really just had to be careful I think and like just think about what information you wanted to give out it's kind of one of those things that like I wouldn't give information out to them that I wouldn't give out to information uh, uh, sorry I wouldn't give information to them that I wouldn't give to people in the real world yeah for you know sure. kind of thing and obviously there's some things that people in the real world know that I wouldn't tell them but it's just like yeah you kind of just have to figure out what you're comfortable with and make sure that your your own safety is your number one priority yeah you know and I also feel like I mean from my point of view because I have not had any sort of relationship 
like in a close sense to somebody who has been in prison and so I'd say my perspective is somewhat ignorant Mm -hmm. to what it means to have a connection to somebody who has been in the system have you ever felt somewhat afraid of the who you're talking to or like the amount of info you're giving out like have you ever felt like you could be threatened in a situation the only time that I have ever felt that way was with one particular inmate who had gotten out. He does live in New South Wales, so not in the same state as me. But I feel like this was one of those situations where I did call him out on his bullshit and he got almost offended by it and like retaliated verbally back to me. And I think when you're having a f- like a verbal argument with someone who has witnessed some very bad things it did make me feel kind of, like some kind of sense of fear yeah um so i'm not gonna pretend like that didn't happen but it was only that one time really that i've had like a bad circumstance um and in that moment i actually just literally blocked them and yeah kind of moved on with my life so yeah, yeah. whereas like i feel like i mean you kind of have your head screwed on and you had enough experience in terms of writing to certain inmates where you would kind of figure out who you could trust and who you could not and did was it easy to tell like have you received letters from people and immediately been like no I cannot respond to this um I mean there's one person that I've written to that has been a little bit questionable but I think that's due to his own mental health yeah deteriorating from being inside there mm. he's been like only ever been nice to me and you know that kind of thing but you do think about it I guess yeah you know and yeah it's he's probably the only person that I've really questioned um like even this person that I was dating for some reason the whole time that we were together and we'd never met I'd never questioned him wow yeah like I think it was just like the level of trust that was built there mm. like yeah like that's what, as I said I was literally going to move to another country for, for him where I have no family and no friends mm. and not that we were going to go and like move in together straight away or anything but like I was willing to go there with him being the only person I knew and for some reason I was comfortable with it yeah so yeah I feel like that comes from like your sense of humanity yeah and compassion yeah because once again like I feel like me even asking that is so ignorant in that like at least I can recognize my ignorance and stuff (laughs) but because I'm so like in the stigma like you know I've been I feel like mentally society is trained to be like you should be questioning them you should be afraid to a degree of what has happened in their past yeah so i think that's where i mentally come from when i ask you like have you ever felt afraid and stuff because it's like that is the first thing that i thought of when you first told me you dated a prisoner i was like what like i why like you know what i mean like yeah it's almost like you lose the idea that again they were a person previously who have thoughts and feelings and are going through things as well yeah whereas yeah your compassion kind of cut through that i think i think it definitely did because like even when i first started writing i was never afraid Mm. to be in contact with these people yeah you know i think that really shows what kind of person i am yeah no that's amazing (laughs) yeah i'm a bitch (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm just talking myself up too much yeah (laughs) no but it really does go to show that like i mean you do have to cut through stigmas in society like on the regular but i feel like that is one that we do not think about very much yeah and i think I mean, this might be taking things really deep here, but living in Australia, there is a lot of issues with our justice system. And um, I mean, it's it's the same with a lot of countries that are colonized and how we treat the people of different races or 
um, of like who are the traditional custodians of the land, etc., and how I think the system can use and abuse them. Hundred percent. And I think once we're in that mindset, and like you know, I, I feel like as a Caucasian woman, I can look at it and be like, yeah, that's wrong. But it, I haven't gone out of my way to get to know the people who are incarcerated or are in there for certain reasons and also like Australia having such a huge issue with incarceration of indigenous peoples for instance yeah it's like how do you cut through that and how do you create the relationship and how do you help out more where would you think as like a regular citizen I can help people who are incarcerated rejoin society for instance do you do you think there is a way that we can do better as an individual i think there's not a lot i can really suggest besides opening up your mind to potentially talking to people who are in there but as a whole i do think you know they need to have a way to properly rehabilitate these people you know and like I, I just think that, yeah, people in general, like in everyday life, need to just open up their mind to be more accepting of people who have done wrong in their past because it's true, we really do look down on them. And I think, you know, I would recommend like reading books from people who have like been incarcerated and things like that um, to kind of get a grasp of like what life is like in their you know, the stages of remorse that they feel and things like that to get a real understanding of what these people actually go through. Um, because, yeah, as an individual, unless you're Kim Kardashian, there's not a lot you <laughs> there's can... There's not much we can do. Yeah, yeah, there's not much we can do. But, like, as a country, I feel like we need to be, you know, offering more options of rehabilitation you know opening up more jobs that are accepting to people who have a previous criminal record and things like that so it's like i don't even know what the steps would be to be able to enforce yeah enforce things like that like you know who to speak to and things but because especially with the older generation i feel like they have such like an idea in their head of what they think about people who are uh, like who are incarcerated i feel like you know, it's going to take 20 years until maybe people of our generation who maybe are more open to the rehabilitation and, and things of people who have been in prison. Um, you know, I feel like us as a generation, we would probably be able to make more of a difference than what can be made right now. Mm. Because I do feel like the older generation really do think so low of these people because of the generations before them and things like that, telling them that, you know, these people are bad people. So it's just a process of like, yeah, like what I would do is, and what I would like to do is be able to inform more people around my age and things like that about people who are incarcerated. So then like, you know, in 20 years, yeah, maybe we can make a difference, which can't be made right now. For sure. Yeah. Sorry for my rambling. No, that's not a rambling at all. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I do think that might be all we have time for today. Yes. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've genuinely learned a lot. And this isn't something, like, prior to knowing you, this isn't something that I had really discussed with people. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like most people either know somebody who's been incarcerated or know of a family who that have been affected by a family member being incarcerated however Mm -hmm. i think it's very rare that you go out of your way to actually get to know the person or get to know the family and come to an understanding of what they're going through and having the sense of compassion and stuff like that yeah so upon meeting you i think you've opened my eyes to a lot of new topics and new conversations that I had previously just been very ignorant to and just turned a blind eye to so thank you for that I'm really glad that I could open up your eyes a little bit and like 
give you a different perspective on things yeah absolutely so that's really good to know i mean it's like what i said at the start of the episode prior to meeting you i thought people who wrote to prison inmates were genuinely like the people who were fans of ted bundy and stuff i didn't (laughs) i didn't look at it as a oh like they just they're coming from a place of love yeah you know and genuine care yeah so yeah you definitely changed my perspective on so many things i'm so glad so thank you for coming on the podcast i hope everyone who's listened has also learned something new today (laughs) um if you enjoyed this episode please give us a great review wherever it is that you are listening to it you can follow us on instagram and on tiktok at hotmess underscore podcast thank you so much for listening in and we will see you next week for another very messy episode bye bye